0: Seconds Flat. Give it up. Look Bill, look Bill! Look at Bill! Look at Bill! Look at Bill! on the state. Wins the 10,000 meters. Stand by for the kick of Dave Waddle. If he's got it, he could make it. I think he did it! Dave
1: Waddle wants to go a medal! This is the Seconds Flat Running Podcast. He's
0: been broken three times. He refuses to give in.
1: Hello again, friends, and welcome to Mile 148 of the Seconds Flat Running Podcast brought to you by Columbus Running Company and columbusrunning.com. Travis here and alongside me, my trusted sidekick, Dr. Phil, how we doing, buddy?
0: Uh, I am doing fantastic now that I finished off dinner earlier this evening with a Cadbury
1: egg from uh, Easter yesterday. What an Easter treat. How did the basket look yesterday, bud? It was filled with Cadbury eggs. It
0: was a great day yesterday.
1: (laughs) I did get a, for the audience, I did get a picture of Phil's Easter basket with a large (laughs) Cadbury egg front and center. Was there an Easter egg hunt at the home yesterday?
0: Oh, there were multiple. In fact, I'm kind of limping around today after taking a spill while playing tag with a little one out in the the front yard. It was not a pretty sight.
1: Let's play by play this. So you're trying to tag your daughter and you go down. She evaded the tag. She was trying to tag me and in Uh, my
0: impressive athleticism i stepped over my own foot and went ass over tea kettle as my feet flew up in the air and landed (laughs) nicely on the grass
1: (laughs) you still got it bud you still Uh, got it it
0: my wife looked at me with that same look that she gave me 15 years ago with just impressive it it how athletic I am
1: I've seen her look at you with awe uh, and admiration many a time so uh, I, I know what that look is like I,
0: I'm sure you have probably that same look as is, is we were hanging out watching basketball and we told her that was what the plan was for the night and she just kind of cut her eyes and just walked away.
1: Yeah. She couldn't believe that was our entire plan, but that's what we do during the NCAA basketball tournament. That's right. uh, Explain this to me. I thought we were in an Easter egg hunt. Why were you playing tag? Is that part of
0: it? It devolved into a game of tag after all the eggs had been found.
1: Okay, good. So uh, all the eggs were found and other than the fall, it was a great day. Oh, fantastic day. I, I too took a a spill yesterday on my long run (laughs) I uh, had a <laughs> a loose animal on the trail, a woman Oh, could, you got to watch out for those. Yes, yeah, she could not control her dog and uh, I had to make a hop off the trail into some mud, slid, fell, and I ate some asphalt. It was <laughs> ugly, so I'm I'm a little scratched up. We're together on that today. We're bouncing back though.
0: What what did the lady do after she uh witnessed you take a fall there?
1: There was a momentary pause of what seemed like disbelief she just kind of stared at me and <laughs> said oh i guess i should have moved over farther which clearly was she probably correct. should have yes yeah, yeah. i yeah. hope she's not a listener we're driving listeners but but, but yes maybe,
0: maybe she is and she'll learn some more uh, trail etiquette
1: hey write in secondsflatpodcast podcast at gmail.com i'll accept an apology there
0: Next episode, we will be covering false prevention rather than going over race results.
1: It's, hey, and again, just be aware on the trail of the people around you, and we can all enjoy the beauty of nature together. So uh, <laughs> as I was saying, we are bouncing back, though, from that to preview two of the biggest marathons of the year, which they are every year. but. These fields are exceptionally deep this spring. On back-to-back weekends coming up, we get the Boston Marathon followed by the London Marathon. So, Phil, how about we start in Boston? Let's do that. Okay, this will be the 127th running of the Boston Marathon from Hopkinton to Boylston Street on Monday, April 17th. That's Patriots Day, for my money, the greatest day of the year in road racing. Also just a great regional holiday celebrating the start of the American Revolution. And in most years, you're getting multiple pieces of great sporting action across Boston. The annual Boston Red Sox late morning afternoon baseball game. This year, that Monday, is also the first day of the hockey playoffs, so there's a chance the Boston Bruins, who have the best record in the NHL and have the most wins in NHL history, could be hosting a playoff game that evening. If not, at the same arena, there's a chance that the Boston Celtics are hosting a home playoff game in the NBA, so it will be the epicenter of the sporting world this year, ESPN returns to broadcast the event, taking over from NBC Sports, which has carried the race live for the recent past. Live coverage begins at 8.30 a.m. Eastern and continues through 1 p.m. You're way, way, way too early. We're recording this almost seven days out from the oh, we race. Can't. I
0: took a look our way this afternoon.
1: Right now, the weather show's potential for good racing I, i've already seen this swing there was uh maybe at the 10-day out market it looked like it could potentially be quite warm but what we're seeing right now is whether in the low to mid 50s for the elites and peaking in the low 60s in the mid-afternoon that includes a slight chance of showers so if this holds phil not too shabby at all for boston it could be a good day I'm almost certain this is not the weather you will get. So if you're listening to this, running (laughs) the race, expecting that weather, uh, wait about another four days. When you're about three days out, you'll start to get a decent idea of of what it's really going to look like.
0: Well, when you edit this podcast, Travis, you may even want to put in what the weather has changed to by the time this actually gets published.
1: (laughs) I'll I'll re-record right before I upload and put in a, a more accurate weather forecast. We have the traditional late morning 10 a.m. start for the first wave of runners. But as we've seen in recent years, breaking from tradition, the pro men will go off about 20 minutes earlier, followed by the pro women 10-ish or so minutes before the mass start. The elite men and women are competing for their piece of a $150,000 top prize purse, also divided with the uh, wheelchair participants. And, Phil, let's dive into the field, beginning with the greatest marathoner of all time, world record holder, and double Olympic gold medalist, Elliot Kipchoge, is coming to the streets of Boston. How exciting. We have been
0: waiting for him to run this event for many years now. So there's going to be some fireworks on Monday, I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Not just waiting for him to run this event, but also waiting to see him in one of the American major marathons, we know he did mm-hmm. Chicago, but it's been a number of years ago before we really saw him as the Elliot Kipchoge that we know him to be now. And, and also, we perceive Boston and New York a little differently than Chicago, just as racers races, right? Rather than yep. flat, fast, paced time, trials. time
0: trial courses. Yeah,
1: that's right. In particular, in Boston, with the history there being the elder statesman of all of these world majors. So it will be fascinating to watch. Uh, we heard last week Dakota Linworm when I asked her, you know, what will you do if you get to talk to Elliot Kipchoge at the start line? And she had no answer. She had no words. She said she'll be in awe like the rest of us. It's an incredible opportunity for those of you who are running the race or the Hundreds of thousands of volunteers and fans who line the course to reach out and touch the greatest of all time. Close on his heels is a strong field of past Boston champions. Last year's winner, Evans Chabette, is back. He also has wins at Valencia and Lake Biwa. 2021 champ Benson Kipruto returns as well. Kipruto won Chicago last fall running his personal best of two o four twenty four, And fan favorite Lalisa DeCisa will be on the line in Hopkinton again. He has two Boston titles, including his emotional win a decade ago when he donated his gold medal to the city in honor of the bombing victims. What number Boston is
0: this for DeCisa? Do you have any idea how many he's run?
1: Think he always he, seems to be on the start line. He, he's around, he's close to a dozen now, I believe. Okay. But we will effort. We'll get our top men on this to get an answer by the end <laughs> of the program. Get our stats guys on this. We'll find out for you. I'm almost certain he has been there every year since 2013. So there might mm-hmm. be one or two he missed there, but he's he's been at most of them. So it could be double digits for Lalisa DeCisa. Also in the international field are my guys. Daniel Donascimento apparently recovered <laughs> from his roadside GI distress at New York City. Former London champ Shura Kitada and 203 Tanzanian Gabriel Guier. Loaded field of international runners coming to Boston. Let's peek ahead, perhaps. Spoiler alert. Daniel Donascimento, top 10 finish, yay or nay. Ooh.
0: Better question is Does he finish or does he have a repeat performance like hey, he did at New York?
1: You do not speak about that man like that. He put <laughs> it all online. He very well might have had diarrhea on the side of a road. He put so much <laughs> out there at New York City. I'm going to say oh. yes. He finishes. He's learned his lesson. As mm-hmm. you can tell, Daniel and I talk regularly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> He's, we this, need to he, have him on the show. Well, this is like you when we're doing hypothetical matchups of marathoners who retired 40 years ago, and you tell me how they're coming to the race healthy. You have inside information <laughs> on 60-year-old men running a marathon. <laughs> they're coming in healthy. I'm going to make up some information right now too. Daniel Dona Cimento has learned his lesson. He will finish this race, and I'm going to say he finishes in the top 10. I am riding this horse once again.
0: I gave him a call yesterday and he said he was on his fiber loading cycle. (laughs) It will continue for another three days before he switches to total rice. Yeah. He's going to clear it all out. Yeah. So on, on that diet, he, he goes top six.
1: Oh, wow. That's a bold call. My understanding of that fiber loading diet is I think you do something like prune juice, greens, and like crackling oat bran. I believe that takes care of it. (laughs) All right. Okay, let's let's get back on track here. Those men are complimented by a cornucopia of the top Americans. Last year's top American himself, Scott Fobble, headlines that group. He comes back off a 208 high performance and has the history of leading this race through the Newton Hills. Plus, we get to see Connor Mance at Boston for the first time. The man who has been dubbed as perhaps next among American marathoners went two Oh eight 16 in his debut at Chicago last autumn. Another American who has led this race through the Newton Hills returns. That's CJ Albertson. He'll almost certainly set off on a blazing pace, regardless of his competitors tactics as in, he's ast- going to sit right behind a. <laughs> <his shoulder. laughs> there it is. You know, it this duel in the sun of course 40 plus years ago in boston the, the greatest boston of all time has nothing on what we could see if cj albertson and daniel donascimento get after it in a one-on-one oh. duel because those guys could both go off the front and enjoy every mm-hmm. minute of it and it would be very interesting tactically because uh i'd be less surprised if cj albertson does that again that just seems to be the way he races and that's his strategy yeah. yeah it'd be very fascinating though to to see the response by Elliot Kipchoge. How legitimately does he take that move? I'm not sure he breaks a sweat. No, he lets him go. Yeah, even thinking about that until maybe the Newton Hills. Yeah. Uh, We have a handful of sub-210 American guys as well in Mick Icafano, Matt McDonald, and Nico Montanez, plus uh, my guy Sammy Chalanga. And of course... The hopes of the seconds-flat blue-collar nation rest on the shoulders of the native New Englander, Benjamin J. True. Ben, I made up that middle initial. I have no idea. (laughs) We should get our researchers on that as well. Ben True makes his Boston debut. Also, friends of the show and past guests, Colin Mickow and Eddie Garcia, are slated to be in that elite field. Phil, let's start with the champion who wins oh
0: I expect to see fireworks first of all. Uh-huh. Cause we got Donas Donasimento and CJ Albertson going off the front, uh-huh. but then we got Kipchoge going side to side with Evans Chabet, who not only won Boston last year but won, won New York last fall. Uh-huh. So I think those two kind of settle in for the second pack. Coming over the hills, they they start to close the gap a little bit. They. Start to see the fireworks explode. Uh, Kipchoge makes a run for it around mile 20. Chibet sits on his shoulder, but I think Kipchoge kick, kicks him in the end for the win.
1: Uh, okay. So first, when is this outkick? When does this move start? Where is he moving from?
0: CJ Albertson and Don Asimiento are moving at like mile three.
1: Yeah, well, I, get take, <laughs> I get that. They're
0: taking that downhill start. And okay. rolling.
1: <laughs> I, yes they will but i'm referring to when does elliot make that move that you're saying he's gonna oh, okay. that's, Evans that's to that. yeah that's an uh, actual move
0: no I, I think mile 20 or so they get through the, well mile 21 they get through the newton hills yeah if, if he still has a good bit of gas left
1: if your hypothetical scenario were to come true i would say maybe even later maybe 23 24 after the down he yeah. drops him but uh, that might have been the most overanalyzed Boston 2023 race preview you're going to hear when I ask to pick a winner because it, it's a simple answer. It's two words. It's Elliot Kipchoge wins this race. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate the fireworks that you shot off. Well, uh, we got to have
0: a little drama in there despite the the known outcome of what's happening on Monday.
1: Well, if- there will be drama. I'm sure we'll we'll find out who uh, moves into that front pack. Who's uh, there on his hill uh, on his heels as we move through the hills and you know covering 26.2 miles. Uh, it's never a given. As much as I just acted like it, we've seen him go to London and be a little under the weather on uh, kind of a tough day in the rain and, mm-hmm. and not get a win. We're so used to him winning, but. There are very worthy challengers and you mentioned several of them. What's the winning time, Phil? Ooh. Is it raining? Let's say it's 54 with a light mist. When okay. out of the south at eight.
0: Let's put it at 20347.
1: Okay. The course record is 20302. Mm-hmm. That was Jeffrey Mutai in 2011 with the infamous Cool Temps and Tailwind that year. Uh, Jeffrey Mutai, uh, of course, also made it into our bracket of non-Kipchoge greatest marathoners of all time that we did several episodes ago. Here's my fireworks Phil, for you, Phil. Okay. Two hours, two minutes, 45 seconds, new course record. Ooh. i believe that that is the, his i shouldn't say singular focus because he is a competitor who will go there first and foremost to win but i believe that's mm-hmm. the only other target he has on this race is the potential for setting a course record and, and win plays a huge factor here because if he's got a headwind then probably throw my prediction out the window for a man who's run 201 mid Uh, under really good circumstances, on a good course, fast course. I think a minute or so slower, if he executes well, is fair, and no one executes better. This is a course that, after the Newton Hills sets up to charge hard to the finish, if you are a strong closer, and we know no one in the history of the sport has closed better over time, instance after instance, than Elliot Kipchoge. So I'll take him in a new course record, maybe 15, 20 seconds under the old mark. Here's my question for you then:
0: How long does the race remain interesting?
1: Mm, I love that question. I it, I think it'll be interesting exceptionally deep into the race because there, mm. there there's multi uh, multiple facets of interest here. One is, uh, of course, who's going to win, and and do we have competition late into the race? And I do think we will. I, I believe we will have a competitive race through the Newton Hills. And if you have that, it's still an interesting race. Yeah. And then it'll be the pursuit of the time, uh, which will keep us engaged. Then also it'll be the depth of these Americans. Uh, So let's pivot to that. Uh, How about let's round out your podium. Who are your top three, Phil? And then give me your top Americans in order. Maybe it's three or five Americans that you have. Ooh,
0: Let's go uh, keep chugging for the win. Mm -hmm. Evans Chabet second.
1: And then uh, Decease is coming in third. Oh, I would love that. So I, I have heard back from our crack research staff, DeCisa, this uh, appears to be his ninth time on the start line at Boston. He unfortunately has three DNFs across that time, but he does have two wins and two seconds. So me and, and all my best friends in Boston would, would love DeCisa in third. Interesting juxtaposition, right? Of DeCisa as a fellow Breaking Two Project athlete in 2017. Mm-hmm. So six years ago now. He was not at Boston that year because of breaking two. He was on the line in Monza with Kipchoge in the first attempt at two hours when he fell just short. But it feels a bit like DeCisa has now peaked. Yeah, in the at
0: the tail end of his career, maybe.
1: Yeah, while still competitive, it is not at the, the highest level. At shorter distances, he was really in his prime at the same time as Kipchoge, even mm-hmm. a little later than Kipchoge. Uh, yet Elliott continues to be at the top of his game. I don't know how much longer he can do it. Well, and
0: I think that's what makes this a little bit interesting as well as it yeah. has been so dominant and so predictable for so long. And at some point he, there's got to be a crack in the armor. Could this be it?
1: If a course was ever going to do it to someone, this could be it. But I, I just think we're going to see him here at the top of his game. We're probably going to see him in New York soon at that level as well and uh, i have him for the win as i said in a course record as well yeah I, i'd love the deceased to pick i think it might be a little bit of a stretch i won't stretch it even farther and go with daniel donashamento i'm gonna say sneaky onto the podium shura Kitata, Ooh,
0: okay.
1: Who, who won at london when Elliot was unhealthy a few years ago yeah. how about top americans who we got
0: yeah let's go uh let's go connor Mance this time around for number one
1: I agree, Phil. Yeah. I I think it sets up to his cross-country strengths. I do wonder mm-hmm. if his lack of experience here. And we saw at Chicago how hard he went out and then had to hang on. That could be a mistake here. So I'm a little nervous yeah. with that it does seem like if there's an American runner suited for this course, it's Connor Mance. So yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll take him as well we'll
0: round out the podium there as well let's go and i'm going to be very very predictable we'll say scott fauble will come in second just because he has been so successful there Mm -hmm. uh knows the course probably a favorite for the u.s olympic team and then in third we got to go with ben true we
1: do we have to i don't want to have the same pick as you and (laughs) and i I think that sam chalanga has a real shot at this as well Mm -hmm. but but yeah, we're on this Ben True bandwagon. We're going to ride this guy all the way to the Paris Olympics. Absolutely. Again, can this set up for a guy who's a proven road racer? feels like he's maybe overdue now on the third marathon t- attempt because he got sick and couldn't do New York last year. The previous New York uh, was his debut, so he's familiar with the kind of hillier, tougher, more rugged terrain c- type course. And his just kind of connection to the region, I think, also makes him even more of a sentimental favorite. So I'll stick with you there, Phil, uh, in your top three men. So let's flip it to the women's action. Uh, The champion at last November's New York City Marathon in her debut, Sharon Locati from University of Kansas, leads the pack. And one of her closest competitors at New York, Helen O'Beary from the On Athletic Club also in her marathon debut at New York City is a late addition to this Boston field. They just popped her just in a, there few big, weeks yeah, a week or two ago. Yeah. Uh, those two should be up front. Edna Kiplagat returns as a two-time Boston champ and one of the women from our greatest of all time bracket in episode 146. We get a Boston debut from Lona Salpeter of Israel, who captured bronze at the world champs last year. And the victor from that race in Eugene is here as well in Gebra Gebrislasi. In sum, 22 women in this field have broken two hours and 25 minutes for a marathon, which is a record-deep field. And I haven't yet mentioned multiple national record holders who will be there, like Ninka Brinkman of the Netherlands Uh, She comes off top finishes at Rotterdam a second last year at Rotterdam. I believe I think she was third at the Euro champs as strong as the international entries are. The American contingent is also remarkably fast. We'll get 2018 Boston champ and previous 2012 runner up Des Linden, Sarah Hall, who has had several electric performances on flat fast courses looks to rekindle the magic of her husband ryan's 2011 boston performance another asics athlete emma bates enters off of top 10 showings at both new york city and the world champs last year our friend from last week showed dakota lindworm her teammate annie frisbee fellow puma runner sarah vaughn olympic trials champ alaphine tillamook and Nell Rojas, who has been the top American at Boston, are all lining up as well. Holy smokes, these races are deep. Phil, this is going to be an exciting race. Give me a winner.
0: Man. Now, you didn't throw this name out there, so maybe I... Yes,
1: there's a lot of good is- names I didn't even mention yet, Phil. Yeah.
0: Maybe my research is incorrect, but Amane I'm Mariso, sure. So the Ethiopian...
1: I'm sure Uh, your research is incorrect, Phil, based on uh, recent past history. But Amane Barisa from Ethiopia is there. She just ran, I believe, 214 high.
0: 214.58 in Valencia back in December. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's an interesting case because I believe her previous personal best was around 220 before that. It was like
0: six minutes from
1: uh 7 years previous? Yeah, so either uh, questionable. Uh, yeah. We'll move on. I'm not going to get into that or she's yeah. just peaking at the right time, a beautiful <laughs> beautiful day to race in Valencia. So yeah, uh, yeah maybe she's she's found her groove. I, I didn't mention also uh Jocelyn Jepkoski. I there there's plenty of other great runners but uh, 22 women so, under 225. Holy yeah. smokes.
0: So let's God. go with Edna Kiplagat's going to repeat. She has oh. been so, well, not repeat, but.
1: No, uh, but, but get another one. Get her third. Get her third. That's right. How um, old is Edna Kiplagat, Phil? Oh my goodness. She
0: was the 2011 World Marathon champ. So 12 plus years at the top internationally.
1: She's 40, and, 43. Well, mm. the past
0: year or so has been the year of the master.
1: That's true. She's in her prime based on what some results we've seen recently. I would love an Edna Kiplagat victory. Okay, you so, got it. So Kiplegott. let's go with
0: her, number one. Let's okay. go with uh, Helen O'Beary, number two, coming uh, off of uh, her uh, win and course record at the NYC half just a few weeks ago, which really had a lot of these same athletes in that field as the last race effort before Boston. And then
1: let's go Lona Salpeter, to come in third here. Okay. Helen O'Beary is such an interesting case. She was there deep into the New York City Marathon in her debut. The track experience in her past that she has, we know she has the, that high-end speed. She's put up some amazing workouts. My, my one concern, I am hesitant because she was such a late addition to this field. Did she get the appropriate work to feel comfortable For enough time in this block, I I suspect with some of the names that have dropped out of races uh, this spring, there was a little more money on the table at either Mm -hmm. Boston or London to join late. But I have Helen O'Beary for the win. Ooh, okay. She she is going to take Boston. Which almost assuredly means she finishes somewhere completely out of contention and we never see her. She even finishes again. at all. Helen, <laughs> <laughs> just get to the start line. That's all I'm asking for you. Don't give me a Daniel Donashimento. But that pick looked great for about 20 miles last fall. It looks
0: fantastic. I've gone
1: miles. <laughs> so far off the board for that pick. Yeah, I'll go Helen O'Beery for the win. What do you think, Phil, about uh, top Americans? This is this one has me scratching
0: my head. I mean, we got Des Linden coming back for the twenty-fifth time or so, <laughs> and then we got Sarah Hall again, a masters competitor, but the fastest American, at least PR, coming into this race. Uh, let's let's make let's pick a Homer pick, and let's call Dakota Linworms the uh, the top American. Her hat gets firmly in the ring for the. Uh, Olympic team for 2024 we'll we'll pick her for top American
1: yeah after last week I so badly I mean we shouldn't just openly root for people but it's hard not to uh, as uh, much fun and as engaging as Dakota was and I'd love to see it I got like four names sticking out to me so let me go through them I think Des Linden has one more good one left in her I think Mm -hmm. she has another good Boston left and maybe more than one but at least one yeah Emma Bates has performed at a really high level recently on on courses of different tactics and different course profiles. When you go back to Chicago, then uh, World Champs, New York City, really like the position she's in. Nell Rojas has figured out this course. Uh, she's yeah. on two really, really good Bostons. And so that might be a name that's a bit off the radar, but but I would put her on my short list here. And then my fourth one is Dakota, just because darn it, Dakota, go win this thing, win the whole thing. Yeah. So I, you know what? With that said, I, again, I'm probably sleeping on Alephine Tillamook, who ran her best race of her career on a really rugged course at Atlanta. I didn't even mention Sarah Hall. I'm not quite as confident in her on this type of course mm-hmm. as the other athletes. Uh, among those four that I mentioned, I believe those will be the top four Americans. I'll take Emma Bates uh, to, to the top of that list. I like that take. A little bit of a surprise, but, but uh, I believe that uh, she has the merit to do that. Uh, Remember, if you're running Boston, check out Mile 97 to go over some last-minute course and race strategy tips. We did that brief episode uh, before the fall edition they did in the COVID year when Boston and Chicago were back-to-back, so it's a preview of both courses and uh, race strategies. Moreover, you can catch uh, Dakota Linworm's preview on Mile 147, our interview with Dick Beardsley about the greatest Boston ever in Mile 111. And Zach Barker from Morton on Boston fueling strategies in mile 112. All right, if you are listening for a star name and didn't hear it at Boston, there's a good chance he or she will be running the following Sunday, April 23rd at London. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but it appears Flow Track will be the streaming partner for London. Oh. Yeah, so many of you either won't have live access to the event or will be scrambling to get a subscription. Of course, for you, Phil, uh, this has zero impact because we all know you'll just ask me for the results the next day. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> let's quickly go through the elite fields. We won't spend as much time with London because there's more chance for this to, to change in the coming two weeks. But let's make some predictions. In the men's race, this is the farewell tour for Phil's guy, Sir Mo Farah. We'll also see four of the fastest men in world history slated to appear. Kenyan Kelvin Kiptum, who debuted in 201.53 at Valencia. We might get to find out if he's a one-hit wonder. Plus, Kenanisa Bekele, proclaimed by Phil as the greatest non-Kipchoge marathoner ever. And 202 men, Burhanu Lagasse and Mosanet Garamo. Get Tamarat Tola, who is now just a 203 marathoner.
0: <laughs> Some pedestrian. Right,
1: yeah. It's just you, me, and Tamarat out for a jog anymore.
0: Right.
1: Former New York City champ and legendary cross-country runner, Jeffrey Kim Warrer, Aussie record holder, Brett Robinson. And friend of the show, the Furman star, Frank Lara. Among the many other interesting names in the, in the elite field, we have the debut for Brit, Emile Caress, who might be the man to carry Sir Moe's marathon torch. So, Phil, who you got and how fast?
0: Oh, who I don't have is Somer Farah, who... <laughs> Probably by the time this gets published, we'll be withdrawing from the field. But that's
1: a. <laughs> you know what? I don't think he will just because of where the race is and that this is yeah. probably the last shot. Uh, he did have a, what many are criticizing as a dud of a 10K this past weekend. Mm-hmm. But I have no context to judge whether that was racing or training. Uh, but right. he doesn't appear to be in sharp form right now. So if it's not Sir Mo. Then who is it?
0: Oh, We're going to go with Bekele for the win here. Yeah, he's, of course he's going to be upset with all the uh, hype that Kipchoge gets the weekend before and goes out and throws down a let's he'll run
1: two o three o eight. The inner workings of Kenanisa Bekele's psychology, brought to you by <laughs> Phil. I'd say there's an equally good chance he doesn't finish, but it's a it's a fair pick. We know he's yeah. got talent for it. The World Masters record holder. I have completely changed my pick now just from uh, our introduction because I have fallen in line behind Tamarat Tola now that I know he's just like one of us as <laughs> only a 203 marathoner. I'm taking Tamarat Tola to win right. in, in London. But here are my actual big predictions. These are the things I think we'll see that we'll take away from the day. Brett Robinson is going to break his own Aussie record. Uh, Ooh, if you look okay. at the training he has done since Fukuoka where he broke it, He has trained exceptionally well and seems to have done so in a pretty controlled way. Not just that he's running fast times, but he's hitting marks while executing them under control in his sessions. Brett's super transparent on Strava, if you want a good follow. Uh, And of course, as Mm -hmm. uh, a co-host on uh, For the Kudos. So I'm going to take Brett Robinson to break the Aussie record. Frank Lara is going under 210.
0: He's, I 100% agree. Yeah. He's
1: going to uh, learn from from the wheels coming off a little bit at Chicago, and he's going to take a big step up. I, I could actually see him going under 209, but Ooh, it'll be interesting okay. to see how the pacing breaks down in this race and, and who he goes out with in the field. He might be a, a little bit more cautious than he was when he just let it rip with Connor Mance at Chicago out on like 207 pace before ultimately fading. So I'm going to go sub 210 for Frank Lara as another big prediction. (laughs) Let me ask a
0: side question then. Do you you think he's got a shot for the uh, U.S. team?
1: Wow, that's so early, but uh, yes, I think he has a shot. There's a lot of racing to happen as we develop our picks over the next year. He would not be in my top three presently if, if forced to pick, but mm-hmm. he's certainly a shortlist guy. And I'll tell you this, what we saw at Chicago makes me think that he's going to put himself in the mix. We yeah. saw him do this at the 10,000 track trials as well, as well in Eugene, where he said, I need to hit a number. I'm going yeah. out on that number and hanging on it as long as I can.
0: So, yeah, he ran away from the field and just hung on as long as he could.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, with that in mind, I wouldn't put it by him. Jeffrey Kamworor gives you a little bounce back. He's not that, like, London maybe isn't his best course. He might be more of a New York, Boston-type guy. But I think he'll run faster than we've seen. And then I'm going to say among the the top four by seed, just by pure time, I will not take Bekele. I will not take mm. Kelvin, Kelvin Kiptum. I'll go with Berhanu Lagasse as the fastest among the maybe top four favorites coming in. yeah, Yeah. He's going to finish second behind the the man of the people, the common man's champion, (laughs) 203 man Tamarat Tola. Meanwhile, the women's race has seen some unfortunate withdrawals, perhaps most notably American record holder, Emily Sisson, the Aussie, World record holder for the Masters category, Uh, Sinead Diver, is out as well. So that's unfortunate, but we have big-time debuts here. One is Olympic 5K, 10K champ Safan Hassan. And we get the top Brit, Eilish McColgan, not to mention world record holder, Bridget Kosky, is there as our Canadian record holder, Natasha Wodak, our guest in episode 68. Uh, exciting South F- African debutante, Dom Scott, and a whole handful of sub-220 women. So again, they're mm-hmm. women I haven't even mentioned who have a very real shot at winning this. Talk to me, Phil. What happens?
0: Let's go Bridget Kazgai for the win. That's going to be an easy pick for me.
1: Feels like the safe pick, doesn't it? It feels very safe.
0: For second, yeah, uh, Ginzebe Debaba.
1: Yeah, Ginzebe Debaba is... The Ethiopian
0: two eighteen.
1: Yeah, I like that one too. And then let's go with a surprise pick of Safan Hassan for third. Okay. Coming in her
0: debut.
1: Now, Philly, we have the same top three. Oh, well, you're just a smart man, Travis. Ho- hold on. We have it in a different order, my friend. Okay. Because I'm gonna close this show by going out on a limb. People ridiculed me for Daniel Dodachement. <laughs> <laughs> people people will ridicule me for Tamarat Tola. Just remember, when I make these bold picks and they hit, if like one in ten hits, which has been about my ratio, I've had a couple uh-huh. big ones hit. That's something to celebrate, and I'll celebrate that's it. I, I, there's nothing I, that I love more than celebrating some, myself. I love me some me. On this, <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. well, there's nothing that I love more, Travis, than sending you a text when I actually do watch a race when your guys out front puking on the side of the road. To remind you what a great pick you made.
1: Yep. So get ready to send that text because I'd like your top three, but I'm going to take a different winner. Okay. Um, I'm all in. Safan Hassan in her debut marathon wins. at L- It's okay. it's more of a track type race, right? With that horse, mm-hmm. a lot of turns there, but flat, largely flat. Uh, we've seen her be so versatile from, 1500 meters to half marathon. She's at the top of the world. I'm so stoked for this. I think that is the race or the individual in any of these races that I am most excited to watch. Yeah. We've seen her be a really great racer, a tactician on the track. She'll bide her time. Mm -hmm. She'll sit back as needed. She understands uh, when she's going through multiple heats, how to execute her race I think she's going to put herself in a position to throw some punches and race to win. From the Netherlands, Safan Hassan is your London champ. Again, secondsflatpodcast at gmail.com. You can send your ridicule there when, when the people that I have picked inevitably <laughs> fail. That's okay. I'll eat crow. And by that, I mean we will not address it on any further That's episodes. We'll
0: move on to the next episode. <laughs>
1: In all seriousness, it is to me disappointing that this is a flow track event. Just for the number of eyes that we can get on it here in the States, remember that you can watch really good live tracking from both of these events that's almost constantly updated. So you can have a leaderboard with you, say you're not able to be in front of the TV or the computer to watch. You can get that on your phone. It's my hope that uh, we soon get to see London again here on one of the major networks so that we can share in these incredible fields. I mean, the depth, and of course, so many people have run faster recently, but the depth of people running super fast times at Boston and London is unsurpassed in the history of marathoning. So sit back and enjoy this action. That is, again, Monday the 17th on Patriots Day for Boston, and then the following Sunday morning in London. That's the 23rd. Two wonderful mornings in our sport for uh, true celebrations of community and of running that we cannot wait to watch. Phil, as always, a pleasure to break down these events with you. And I look forward to uh, watching them and see how our our picks do. They are certain to fail, but maybe one or two can give us a hit. All right, buddy, I will see you again soon. Enjoy your training this week. Uh, Same to all of our listeners. Put in those miles. Enjoy the spring running weather. And we'll see you next time on mile 149 of Seconds Flat.